Shaq Master! Right. The Shaq Master! <laughs> I told you. Oh, God. You just gotta keep living, man. L I V I N. The WWE Africa the Dragon Championship belt. Showtime. PG3 Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to P3 Radio. I'm Richard Mulligan, joined by my co-host and best friend, Josh Briley. Say hey, Josh. What's up, everybody? I'm glad to be back. Another week, another voyage. Well, I mean, we're coming off the heels, for real this time, from Black Time Boxing, right? Uh, last week... We were there, uh, ringside. Now, if you listened to last week's episode of P3 Radio, it sounded like we had come off the heels of Black Time Boxing, but we didn't. That was pre-recorded, and we're for real. We're for real this off time. Off the heels of Black Time Boxing. Now, let me tell you this. Off the high heels. I, I'm I'm for real, man. I, I was eh, kind of dreading it because <laughs> no, seriously, I'm not the type of guy to get dressed up and you know a tie and this that and the other but honestly man, I had the time of my life it was uh, oh man it was, time of my life it was excellent the you oh, know, I never heard this way before <laughs> yes I swear yes I swear it's the truth and I owe it to you be awesome if i had the music loaded up for that but i didn't know we were doing well that. <laughs> you know that's the way it is but seriously man I, I had the i had the time of my life dude i really thought that it was going to be a bummer you know tight asses and suits and whatnot but dude everybody was cool yeah i had an excellent time man and i i'm gonna be there front center uh next year yeah and shout out to rachel ryan brian collins um wayne wayne kendall all the guys that made that possible because like i said that was a great event I know we said last week that we were hot off the heels of that. We are. Uh, we went to it last week. It was probably one of the best shows around here. And it's for a good cause, too. The JD, you know, the JD JDRF. Are. Yeah, they're, they're fighting juvenile diabetes. I tell you what, they really upped their game this year with the whole, uh, the video packages. It was like being at a pay-per-view uh, for like a UFC or something like that. They would dim the lights, play these video packages for fighters play them for the kids that were fighting diabetes it was a great show and it i'll be happy to go back next year even if they don't have me as the announcer i'll be happy to go back and just sit and watch because it's a great event every year well them guys man in the main event jordan fowler and kevin bowling them guys they really went after it and made yes. it a, a show not to miss and next year i hope them guys are back for real We've talked about black time boxing a lot on the show, so let's skip ahead to something else. This is our first real show in a while because we've been going off of archive stuff, Josh. Now, are you saying that we have been artificially inseminating our voices into the program and duping our listeners? No, we've just been going on the archives. Oh. <laughs> okay, I can but, go with that. But no, we've, we've had a lot of stuff filmed or recorded. We tried to record like, 
sometime last week, and we did a phoner. That might come out later. Uh, we just didn't need it for the last week's show. But this is our first time getting together, really, since the new year and doing a show. So how is everything going for the new year now? I mean, I guess we can ask that now that we're three weeks in. Well, new year, new stresses. You know, it's just another thing. Uh, but honestly, man, I, I really do. I know I said this last week or, or whenever we recorded, but I seriously want to try to get on the straightened path and get to living right as far as my, you know, food intake and whatnot. Right. Um, I don't know why the new year kind of ushers in those types of thoughts, but I mean, it's what better time to start? Well, I know this sounds crazy, but this is the third time that I'm going to be trying to lose weight. Uh, I was successful twice uh, and lost a lot of weight both times. Well, yeah, everybody thought you was on crack. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what you do. You know, you do crack, you lose weight. But, well, obviously. <laughs> but no, man, I mean, this is the third time that I'm going to be trying. And it's sad to say that in a way, but it's always around this time of year. And the reason why I have to wait to this time of year is because my wife has her birthday January 5th. You're coming off of New Year's. You're coming off of the holidays. And once we get past January 5th and we get into that next weekend and there's nothing going on until Valentine's Day, you get that full month before you have an event that you have to do. Right. You know, and we don't really celebrate Valentine's Day anymore anyways. Well, when you're married, it's kind of over. Yeah. You just are, you're expected to bring a card and maybe some flowers and that's about it. Yeah, I mean, and I don't even think we do that anymore because our anniversary is in April. Our next big thing that we have to do is in April. So, I mean, you've got a good stretch there of time that you don't have anything to do and anything to eat. No crazy eating, drinking, whatever. So, yeah, I mean, I think I'm right there with you, man. I'm I'm going to try to do something with losing weight, and I've already started. I'm actually down like three pounds, which isn't a lot. The The main goal is going to be I, I got to drop 50. But, dude, coming off the holiday season, yeah, that's pretty good for, yeah, I for mean, a start. Yeah, to start the first two weeks, three pounds, I'll take it. But I really need to drop 50 by the summer, uh, which is doable. I mean, to be honest, I know there's a lot of people out there going 50 pounds in six months. Yeah, it's very doable. You have to do a lifestyle change where you eat right and exercise and you can lose a lot of weight. That's what, six months, uh, seven, eight pounds a month. That's that's doable. Uh, roughly, maybe eight and a half, something like yeah, that. Something like but that. I mean, as long as you do it you know, within reason, not just quit eating altogether. I mean, obviously you got to do it smart right. or uh, you'll be endangering your life when we don't want that. Right. Two things starting off this new show. Uh, we'll get off of weight loss and what are you doing? Are you in a carb wrap or are you, uh, <laughs> you doing some, you doing kegels in your free time? <laughs> oh yes. Lots of kegels. I lots of, of, I do a lot of kegels and eat wheat thins. That's, that's how I do it. No. Um, drink a uh, seaweed uh, uh, juicers or whatever the hell it is. So in my free time the other day, I added some new drops to our uh, iPad machine here. You keep saying that 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 hour yeah. shit. I just I, I'm telling you, at I'm, some point I'm gonna take it home, and you're gonna be like, "Hey, uh, uh, what happened to the iPad?" It's not cool, man. It's not really that cool. But you said you it that. was hour. All right, iPad. so I'm gonna hit this button, and you tell me what you think when you hear it. And if you're going to call me back tomorrow, whatever, I can. <laughs> I don't think I, that was edited Play that out. again, Sam. Play it again. And if you're going to call me back tomorrow, whatever, I can. 
That's the whole drop. <laughs> but you know what? Them damn mountains, man. They have they have conquered two of our biggest guests. And eventually, like I said off air one day, we're going to get us a mountain cutter t-shirt. Yeah. And we're going to sell the hell out of them things. Yeah. Because we uh, are mountain conquerors. So, so I added a couple more. So just so we're on the up and up, here's another one. That ain't country. So I feel like we could use that at times when we have callers that call in and say things. PG three radio. You know, like that. You know. PG three radio. That ain't country. I'll kiss your ass. All right. So. (laughs) And we've got other ones. We've got your standard. Got your standard applause. Tonight, you. <laughs> That's a hand, hand banana, banana, right? Yeah, hand banana. Yeah, we've got for your... all you people that have no idea what hand banana is. You better get to work. Yeah, I mean, we've also got things like our. <laughs> so I mean, we've got a lot of options here. I mean, but that was uh, a couple of the ones that I added. Um, uh, but no, Duh. man. But ah. Here on uh, PBR, we uh, we're here with a potpourri expert, uh, the pro bull riding. No, no, is that not a, a station where they all talk like this? Is that not what is that? What station is that? Is that not PBR? PBR? <laughs> no. What is that? Pro bull riding rodeo? <laughs> yeah, that's. No. Well, what is it? What is that? Soft you've talk made you you have actually taken it out of my head with. Purple running PBR. <laughs> well, what is it? I can't remember now. Jesus. Ah, what is it? It's uh, it's PBR. No, it's not. It's public broadcasting. It's PBR. Is it PBR? Yes. There's two of them. What? Is You're the... so redneck that you think PBR is the rodeo circuit. That ain't country. I'll kiss your ass. Well done. Well done. <laughs> So how did you end your 2017? Sadly. Was it cleaning your gun with the barrel in your mouth? <laughs> no. I uh, I probably went to bed about 8 o'clock, and the kids were like, yeah, I'm going to stay up and see the new year. All of them went to bed by 10.30. Yeah. But no, I ask how you ended your 2017, because I ended my 2017 with family. We watched the ball drop. I passed out around 10 and woke up at 11.30 uh, and watched our I passed out at 9 and woke up at 10.30 and watched the ball drop in New York. I had an actual sadder ending about five days before that, Christmas. So you went back in time. Gonna go back in time. No, Hmm. I had a sadder ending six days before New Year's. I don't feel good about this at all. But I actually made my sister-in-law and wife cry at Christmas. What did you do? Like uh, a horrible cry or a happy cry? No, it was a horrible cry, and I immediately felt bad about it. Would you make a joke about their grandmother? <laughs> no, I didn't make. You know a hor- who I wish was here to give us <laughs> presents? I mean, kinda. I mean, to be honest, I kind of made a joke that was about something. All right, so here's what happened. There's all these moves going on with locations and people's houses. Like night moves, like Bob Seger? Working on a night move. 
news. Bam, bam, bam. No. <laughs> no. Uh, the moves are going on with people's houses. You know, we just moved into this house. My sister-in-law and mother-in-law are moving in down the street. Two different houses. So there's two houses there. We're moving. So there's all these moves going on. So my mother-in-law and father-in-law have lived in that house they're at right now for like 22 years, 23 years. You know, in that time, they've had animals. At Christmas, everybody's talking about how weird it's going to be to be in a different house next year, not celebrating this house. This is the last Christmas in this house. This is it. Well, my youngest sister-in-law, she's very emotional about it because she hasn't known another house. This was her house. This was her home. Right. And they had this dog. <laughs> they had this dog named Chubby. He sounds like a very like old jazz musician. You don't go down and see Chubby play trumpet? <laughs> you Is that know? what jazz musicians do? I guess. They play, ch- they play trumpets? That's a horrible trumpet. But anyways. <laughs> All right, so just by sheer will alone, he survived. They lived right next to a major highway on Highway 18 in Jackson. And every animal they had got hit by a car, died a horrific death. Like, Chubby was the only one that made it. Chubby is the Highlander. Yeah, he was he was immortal, basically, <laughs> and until they put him down. <laughs> Poor but, Chubby. But anyways, he was an awesome dog. I'll admit, he was an awesome dog. He was really cool. Great dog. Yeah, every dog at that house that was there that he was around died at one point or another. The last dog they got, I just looked at and I was like, I'm not even going to learn your name. You're going to be dead in a week. (laughs) So so, (laughs) Chubby passed away like five years, six, seven years ago, maybe seven years ago. And I just made this joke like, oh, you're going to have to dig up Chubby. (laughs) And it wasn't, it was was more in mock. Like, I was like, I'm mocking it. And then the next thing I know... My wife is bawling because they didn't think about their dog is buried at this house that's about to be sold. So both my wife and my sister-in-law are like crying their eyes out. And my wife's like, we're fucking buried. We're we're digging him up. We're going to dig him up and bury him somewhere else. Now you're going to be digging up Chubby. Yeah. (laughs) So... Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not digging that dog up. I mean, I was like, let him rest in peace. I mean, let the man rest in peace. Somebody said something like, "Are we gonna dig all the animals up?" I was like, it looked like a freaking moon crater if you did. <laughs> it's like all the holes in this yard. Good luck with that. <laughs> but no, I mean, I felt bad about it. I made her cry. I made my wife cry, and I wasn't I wasn't proud of it to be honest. But I mean, it is what it is. But dude, that that's like. The stuff of legends, those kind of jokes. I mean, I know it's an awful thing, Well, but it, if you was to tell it to an audience, I mean, there'll be a few ladies and, and guys that's like, oh, oh, that's so harsh. Oh, Jesus. But there are people like me out yeah. there that's just like, oh, my God, that's that's gold. No, I was that's laughing gold. my ass off at the time. I wish we could put, it, put it in a box and save it. Yeah, I was laughing my ass off at the time when I was saying, I was like, <laughs> you're going to have to dig up Chubby. <laughs> you and know? then, like, the mother-in-law and everybody looks at you like, oh, oh my God, oh, no. we're going to have to dig up Chubby. <laughs> I was we like, are no, I, have was, to dig I up was just Chubby. joking. We're not digging up anything. Nobody's dead digging animal. up anything. Just, <laughs> it was a joke. Let's get the shovel well, now. We only got a scoop this. shovel. <laughs> I got to ask you this. Yeah. Do you think that we're 
like screwed up individuals for thinking that's hilarious? Well, wrestlers, wrestlers, and I know I'll probably take some flack for this if this ever goes viral. Wrestlers were making fun of Benoit the day that it happened. Oh, but I know. feel like that's a pass because if you go crazy and kill your family, you shouldn't be somebody that's held up in high esteem. Exactly. And I have always took that as, yeah, he was a great wrestler. And when you heard the news that he came back and he killed his family, you didn't want to believe it. But at this point in time, yeah, he did it. He's not a hero. I mean, so. Well, the thing about that is it's in the same light of Ted Bundy was a pleasure to talk to. He really? Was when did you interview no, no. Ted Bundy? <laughs> Hear me out. Yeah. He's intelligent. He was a great interview. You know, you hear interviewers say that. He was, I loved interviewing Ted Bundy. He was right. so polite, right. this, that, and the other. But, eh, kind of had that killy, serial killer <laughs> side of him, you know? It, it's just, what I'm saying is, right. anybody can have, uh, you know, those qualities where you're like, oh, that's that's great. That's such a good thing to have. You know, they're, they're, they're so awesome, this, that, and the other. But... Anybody can have the equally worse qualities as right. far as, you know, say uh, Van Gogh was a good artist, but he screwed that girl up and then cut his ear off and all yeah. that stuff. I mean, it, and good honestly, side, side. speaking of that, imagine this, if you will, a girl coming up to you and go, well, Tony's freaking crazy. What's wrong? Well, you know, I got that restraining order against him, right? That's why we moved here. Well, what happened was... I, I thought he didn't know what I live, but my mother must have told him on accident. He mailed me his ear. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how crazy right? is that? They romance that to us in oh, school. Oh, he's such a great artist. Yeah, he was such a great he's artist. He's so brilliant. He, he painted the story, Story Nights. And, uh, but then when yeah. you when you really get into the history part of it, he was a what, like a drunk or something yeah. that was all screwed up in the head. Allegedly, get, I don't want to be sued by Van Gogh. Well, no, <laughs> apparently, from what I understand, he didn't even get famous until like a few years, if not 10, 20, after he died. Yeah. Or at least his artwork wasn't sought after. You know who I never really liked? Picasso. I just looks like some uh, shit I could draw. Uh, something like <laughs> Left-handed <my> drunk. <laughs> well, <laughs> while getting pushed around, it's like... That's brilliant. It looks great. Oh, yeah. Add an eyeball there on top of it. Oh, yeah. that looks great. Why not? Uh, Put a little squiggly line in between I, it. I never got into that stuff. I, I never got, got any, into uh, I ain't got enough squiggly lines on this piece of Picasso shit. Picasso was never my thing. You know, it's like if I can accidentally do it, it's not art to right. me. Yeah. I mean, there well, has to be anybody could there. take a shit on a canvas and, <laughs> you know, call it art. But is it really art or just a fart? There's some things that can be called art that just isn't art. Well, you can't draw an orange in the center of a, you know, a field and then call it a genius, you know what I right. mean? It's not I had to take art history in in college for a little while and doing art history, I was sitting there going, some of this stuff is just bullshit, man. Like like they're talking about like there was this man, he wanted to put naked people up, and he thought it was art because the human body was just beautiful. He that, just wanted to see their tits. Yeah, it's like, I feel like Van Gogh was just trying to nail somebody with his one ear. and <laughs> More than likely. Well, right. if, you, if you had one ear, you would be trying your damnedest to get up any skirt that you've seen. I mean, <laughs> You're trying to look at them from the right side. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, baby? Oh, my God. What's up? Is oh, this music? There's some deformed man. 
Is this music too loud? No, no, I don't hear it. <laughs> Stay on my right side, please, baby. <laughs> oh my God, what happened to your left ear? What? What happened to your left ear? <laughs> let, me, let me come around to the right side. What happened to your left ear? <laughs> oh, it was just a welding accident. <laughs> then you tell her the. For you want to come home? I'll paint you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. Let's paint me. After uh, it happens, she's like, "I don't have a fucking eyebrow over my uh, forehead." I think you're mixing up Van Gogh and Picasso. Maybe I am. <laughs> Which one are we talking about? Van Gogh. It's all shit, anyways. <laughs> Van Gogh is like. Uh, I will paint you, but only if you look you. at my right side. And Picasso's like, you ever seen yourself look like a cookie cutter? <laughs> I can well, make you look like to. a star-shaped cookie cutter. It'll be great. They'll call that art. Yeah. Be famous. I, can, I, I imagine Picasso's whole work started from him just being like trying to pick up chicks. And he was like, you want me to draw you? And it, that line had never worked before. And they were like, yeah. And he's like. <laughs> <laughs> he just started doodling just doodling what do you think you think this looks good oh yeah Lemon. this doesn't look anything like me my tits aren't square and he keeps giving them wine make right. them think it's even better right. oh it keeps yeah. looking yeah, really good i like what she did with the background there it's like totally like seven shapes and i don't know huh did you put something in this? Speaking of wine. Yes. Be a good time to mention our new sponsor, right? Dollar Wine Club. No. <laughs> that's not the what they're called. It's called the Wine Club. Am I not supposed to get it wrong every no, time? No, the Wine of the Month Club. I know, but am I not supposed to get it wrong every time? No. Well, what happened? It was like three weeks in a row. All right. It's so been all wrong. Yeah. Can we we'll, switch it now? We'll be right back after this commercial break. When you go shopping for wine, do you look at the labels? Do you stare at the price and wonder if the wine is worth the expensive tag? Well, stop it, because Wine of the Month Club has you covered. Every month, Wine of the Month Club is going to send you two bottles of high-quality wine right to your front door. And what better way to say I'm thinking of you than a subscription to the original Wine of the Month Club for a friend or a sweetheart. Each month, they'll be reminded of your thoughtfulness and will receive the monthly wine letter and newsletter binder. Recipes, wine knowledge, and great wine, and the opportunity to get more of their favorites is at hand. Give with confidence and joy, knowing that you're a part of the original Wine of the Month Club. By the way, there are no dues, no fees, no hidden charges. Cancel any time with no obligation. Just pay no more than $23.96 plus shipping for two great bottles of wine. Go there now. Sign up by visiting our link, tinyurl.com slash p3wine. That's tinyurl.com slash p3wine. The Wine of the Month Club, the original wine club since 
we, we've been trying to get a hold of him, and we can't get a hold of him, you know, and uh, um, we're going to give him a call. We're going to give him a little ringy-dingy here because uh, <laughs> I <laughs> I have the face for radio, you know. I don't, I, you know, whatever that means, you know, I, I can't do this in my show by myself, you know. Uh, so we got to have Mr. Ray J here, so we're going to give him a call. We're going to give him a little ringy-dingy here. So uh, we're going to dial his number here. Oh, there we go. We're, we're making some progress here. Hey, hello? Oh, 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 thank God. Um, Mr. AJ, is that you? No, uh, Mr. AJ ain't here right now. Uh, he, he's sick. Uh, oh. He, he's going to Oh, um, I, I think I lost you there. Yeah, there. Hello? Um. I, I I don't know what's going on there. The the phone line, you know, it's uh it's dropped out a little bit. I I, I don't have a clue what the oh maybe that's Mr. AJ calling the station back. You know, uh we'll we'll, we'll see who that is. You know, hold on. Uh, hello, is that Mr. AJ there? Mr. AJ, uh, I need to talk to you, man. My my lady, she went to the other side of her family. Of their reunion this weekend, and uh-huh. she hooked up with her other cousin on the other side of her family. Oh, I just don't know what to do, man. She's my she's my first cousin. It's gonna be weird Christmas. We got kids together, man. Oh, I just I don't know what to do. I'm gonna let me tell you what, man. I, I'm just gonna have to go over there and talk. I mean, what am I supposed to do, Mister Ray J? Oh well, this uh. <laughs> You know, this is it, Mr. AJ, and oh, look at that. We accidentally dropped the call. Ah, uh, boy, I don't, I don't know how Mr. AJ does this, you know. Oh, maybe that's Mr. AJ calling in, back in. Okay, Mr. AJ, is that you? Hello? Hey, man, it's me. Um, yeah, uh, I've already bought all my limit this month, so I'm going to need you to run down to Walgreens and get us a couple more boxes. Well, I think that we need to hang up on this, and if if Jimmy, the the station manager, probably needs to, you know, uh, go ahead and trace that call, you know, and uh, uh, maybe give me some security outside. You know, I, I ah, boy, I, I really don't know what I'm doing here, and I really wish Mr. Oh, no, I really can't take all these calls, you know. Uh, hello? I swear to God. Can I not be sick for one freaking day, Timmy? One freaking day, I can't even be sick and just lay in the bed and try to get better. You gotta try to answer phones and screw everything up. You're gonna get our sponsor pulled for this kind of crap. You got freaking meth dealers calling in won't come down the station. I'll tell you what, I'm going to come down to the station and I'm going to show you what to do. You're going to be a, a your freaking engineer ass is going to be sitting behind that switchboard doing what you do best. I'm going to come down there and we're going to handle some stuff. giving advice. Florida Ticket Station. Your one-stop shop for discounted tickets on all of Orlando's best theme parks. Orlando. All of Orlando's local attractions. Orlando. All of Orlando's events. Fucking Orlando. All of Orlando's local attractions. Orlando. 
and so much more. They offer affordable tickets to Disney World, Mickey Mouse, Universal Studios, Back to the Future, SeaWorld, Legoland, Everything is Awesome, Bush Gardens, I don't know what that is, and so much more. But but seriously, Josh, they are licensed and insured with the state of Florida. Florida. So you can rest assured that your reservations are valid. Summer's coming and vacation time's right around the corner. Round the corner. So go to tinyurl.com slash p3florida and book your Orlando vacation today. Today. tinyurl.com slash p3florida. P3 Florida. Welcome back to P3 Radio. Richard Mulligan and his best friend Josh Briley here. There's no easy way out. Absolutely. No shortcut home. Giving in can't be wrong. I feel like this is the Kidnapper's National Anthem right here. It could be. Or uh, uh, music that would get you motivated to train or whatever. Kidnap. Hey, what's your perception? Whichever way you build want. a maze, <laughs> <laughs> a murder maze that you can't get out. So we're back here at P Three Radio. We wanted to talk a little bit about wrestling in this episode, and I know you watched the New Japan match from January fourth. I think it was. They just had one match. Well, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yes. if you want to be the technical, match, name, uh, name me another match there. The, can you name me another? Can you match. name me another one? Yes. Uh, Go ahead. They had, uh, it yep. was Cody, Cody Rhodes. Uh-huh. He versed a Japanese gentleman. He versed him. He versed him. Yep. He was versing him. They had. Uh, I'm just giving you verses, not chorus. <laughs> let's see. Just a small town. What girl. else was there? Uh, you had uh, Jay White, I believe, okay. was there. So we, we all know that the New Japan Wrestling, what was it? Wrestling Kingdom? Wrestle Kingdom 12. Wrestle Kingdom 12. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not a huge New Japan fan, not because I don't like them. I think they were that that event was nice. Like I said, the the match that I saw was the match that I wanted to see, and that was Jericho versus uh, Kenny Omega. I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I um, I'm not really much of a New Japan connoisseur nowadays. But, I mean, if it's a, a noteworthy match or something, I'll watch it. But for the most part, I'm not watching, you know, their whatever it is, eight to ten uh, key shows per year. I mean, I may watch the main event at Russell Kingdom every right. year. That's about it. Well, I mean, if you think about it this way, it costs extra in the U.S. to watch the show. You don't get it with a normal cable package. It's not like Raw or SmackDown or even Impact. You have to subscribe to Axis or Axis uh, NewJapanWorld.com. Well, they actually show some of the New Japan shows on this channel called Axis. Well, yeah, that, but that, it's on like uh, my friend at work that works in my area. She's a real big wrestling fan. She said she's seen the Jericho match and uh, Omega match on Axis. It was this past Saturday, so that would have been probably. Maybe three, four days 
yeah. from when it actually happened. Well, no, I'm saying but they, they actually, still play it. Yeah, they? well, they show their shows, like they show their actual shows. You know, they show their like whatever Monday Night Raw, basically their Monday Night Raw, whatever it is. They play it on Axis. Anyways, I don't follow them. I know when I was a kid, New Japan was that thing that when somebody would show it on like WCW was the only people that ever showed it. Mm -hmm. And when WCW would show it, I'd be like, man, this is like crazy. Bam Bam Bigelow Invader teamed up. What was that? What? What happened? It was always like a different world. And you always wonder why they didn't make much more of a big deal about it. Right. Yeah. I mean, back in the day, it was thought that there wasn't a foreign wrestler that could come here and get over. I don't know if that's a stigma that they have, that they use to not put over a foreign wrestler, but you have had other wrestlers that's come into the territory or come into the U United States that's done really well. well like, Great Muda was that's one of what, the... That's my prime example. Yeah. You look at Muda, man, and even uh, Gary Hart said in his book, and through shoot interviews, but Gary Hart said... They were going to make him NWA world champion yeah. in either late 89 or early 1990. And he pretty much put the kibosh on it because Muda wasn't ready. But right. I honestly, you know, Muda, he got the NWA championship. It was two years later. So, I mean, was it worth that much then? No. But at the same time, he got pretty much closer than any other guy besides say tiger mask or liger kabuki you know, they got over <laughs> well kabuki yeah but kabuki was more of like a territorial yeah guy. i mean he was like andre the giant he was right. a, he, he was an attraction wherever, he wasn't you know he wasn't somebody you were going to put your belt on he was somebody that you were going to have people come pay to see your second baby face or exactly. your top baby face is going to be wrestling him and your top heel is going to be wrestling the champion, depending on who it was. But More yeah. of like a, a program-oriented wrestler. Once right. his program's done, he's gone. Right. So, Buddha was the first one. Shinsuke Nakamura, he might be the first one in a long time that's kind of broken through. At least for mainstream. Yeah. But that I just I can't see really past Nakamura that anybody else is going to get over you know, like him. Right. So just, I mean, uh, that, uh, e whatever his name is, Ibusha, or maybe even that Naito guy, but as charismatic as uh, Nakamura is, he he lacks the communication factor, yeah, that's and that will the always problem. be the factor. That's the problem. Like, you go to Japan, if you don't speak Japanese, you can still get over because they speak English. I mean, they know, they recognize English. I heard that... In New Japan, no matter if it's uh, Gaijin or just a regular Japanese wrestler, no matter who's in the ring, they call their spots in English, no matter what. Huh. Now, I don't know, but that's just what I've heard. And that could have been something that started back in the days when a lot of people in Japan didn't speak English or right. something like that, just so they could kind of mask what they were doing in the ring. Could be. Either way, like I said, it's it's one of those things that New Japan hasn't gotten to this point in the U.S. that you could look at it and go, ooh, New Japan. But honestly, with no territories and no rival to WWE, Impact, let's be honest, Impact's no rival to WWE. Not anymore. No. It, it, it stood a chance there, you know, maybe 12, 13 years ago. It, it could have uh, worked up a little bit of steam. But it's so far in the gutter now, I and, don't think it'll ever And not come to back. get too far off onto a sidetrack here, but NWA is about the same thing. NWA, they're talking about going to start back up. Like, Billy Corgan bought it. 
you know, you had all your different branches of NWA. You had NWA Mid-South, NWA Northeast, blah, blah, blah. NWA Toronto, whatever. I don't (laughs) know. You had all these different... wrestling. Right. So when Billy Corgan ended up buying it out, he ended up buying the actual NWA. It's just a namesake, pretty much. Right, pretty much. I mean, but a name is a name, you know what I mean? Well, he's got... Ask WWF how much of a name name means. You got uh, Tim Storm, um, Magnus, I don't know what is... uh, Nick Aldis. Yeah. What, what he's going by now and there uh there's a guy named josephus he's a good look i know him I, I just he's from this area yeah yep. well he's uh, he was working on trying to get a program done with tim storm so i think he's getting some good light shed on him from billy corgan but honestly man i can't ever see the nwa getting back to what it is well i mean or what it, it was it right? only takes a vision and it only takes something to spark a a startup. You know what I mean? Like, say NWA starts partnering with New Japan, and you've got those guys there that are hot, white hot, like the Bullet Club, and they start using those guys. It only takes a catalyst for something like that to, to kick off. It's not like football. In the NFL, if you have NFL talent, you only have, like, 32 teams with 53 players, and outside of that, you're going to get crappy players that – you know, you know what I mean. So you, you can't the start up another CFL, league. CFL, so you, the Canadian Football right. League, yeah, or the USFL or something like that. You you right. you can't start up another league and be successful. Wrestling is not like that. WWE has maybe fifty people on their roster altogether. There is another world of people out there that are talented. So with that said, it's it's very possible, in my opinion, that somebody like NWA could come out and maybe make a name for themselves and maybe catapult themselves in WCW did it. I mean, and that was just as unthinkable as anybody else right now, but new Japan pro wrestling had their big event, January 4th, the main event, I think was the main event, right? Well, that's, that's the problem. That's the problem. Jericho Omega from our perspective was the main event, right? But you also had Okada and Naito, for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, right? Right. That was also a main event. Now, you got... So, the main event was Jericho and Omega. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But there, Let's be honest. There's something that happened at uh, Big Bang the night after Wrestle Kingdom 12. No. Nope. That, you know, kind of created a program. I, I we'll don't have anything that. about that. I don't know. But Jericho, Omega... That was, from the U.S.'s outside perspective, that was the main event. And that's all I can speak to because I don't watch a lot of wrestling overseas. I don't, I don't watch a lot of New Japan. So, Jericho Omega, what, what was your thoughts about the match? What did you think? I was absolutely pleased. I mean, honestly, I thought that there would be a lot more crazy high spots in it. And there was. There was a lot of crazy high spots. I'm talking about super crazy high spots that they were going to like try. Like three moonsaults out of a corner? Well, something to try to. Super crazy. I honestly thought that they were going to try to one-up what Kenny Omega and Okada had done, what, two, three times this past year as far as in New Japan. I thought they were going to try to do something. And they did. But on another level, on like a, I would say, psychology level. Because they didn't do as many crazy spots as Okada and Omega, obviously. Because, I mean, Jericho, he's in uh, 
the twilight of his career. I mean, that's safe to say, right? Yeah, I mean, but the one thing that I will say, like, that I thought was kind of refreshing, the chair shots. And those chairs were held together with, like, crazy glue. Yeah. It looked like. I mean, they were padded. They weren't all metal. It wasn't like you had the Attitude Error full metal jacket chair. (laughs) (laughs) But the one thing that was kind of refreshing, it wasn't like... I didn't see one unprotected headshot, but you saw headshots. Now, other than the corner, yeah. like when he set the chair up in the corner and, and Jericho was ramming Omega's head into the corner of the, the turnbuckle with the chair. Yeah. Uh, that that was a little risque for a CTE environment as we're in today. Now, at, with that said, though, nothing takes me out of a wrestling match more than watching a guy run down to the ring with a chair and to know that he is supposed to be hating this guy with every fiber of his being, but he stops, hits him in the gut, and then hits him in the back. (laughs) You know what I mean? If somebody breaks into your house, if somebody breaks into your house and you've got nothing but a baseball bat, are you going to hit that guy in the stomach and then hit him over the back with it? No, you're swinging right for his head, right? Well, I mean, he may have been going for the ooh, ooh factor of it. You know what I mean? Not just... Like, no. What would I do if it was do or die? No. It's, what would I do if I was a wrestler? If you hate somebody, you're not going to want to hit them in the gut and then hit them in the back. You're going to want to take their head off. I mean, that's NFL. In the NFL, if somebody is head hunting, what do they normally do? They catch a guy going over the middle, they hit him high, they go helmet to helmet. That's why the targeting rules of is in effect because if you hate somebody you're going to target their head that's what you do did you ever hear of like somebody in the medieval ages doing the guillotine to just the back no (laughs) they didn't just cut off their back or they didn't cut off an arm they cut off their head because the head is the central of the intelligence part of your body i think you're just reading too far into it but at the same time the way that i approach it is kind of like a movie. Everything is not perfect. And you, know, you remember that time when Bruce Willis and Die Hard shot the guy in the stomach and then shot him in the back? <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I've never watched Die Hard. Well, that's never, that's never an injustice had, in itself. But I've never what had action no, movie I've never have you cared. seen? What action movie have you seen? Oh, Rambo all the way. All right, you remember that time when Rambo shot all those guys in the stomach and then shot him in the back? No. He shot like him in the head. guys that got shot. He I mean, shot him in the one head. Of them or two of them. He shot him in the head. So, it takes it out of the storyline for me. It 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 throws my suspension of disbelief out. Mm. When you have guys that are throwing DDTs in there, which are headshots. When you have guys that are throwing like pile drivers, tombstones, punches, those are headshots, you know. And but you can't throw a protected chair shot. I wrestled for 12 years. You know how many times I got hit with the chair? A lot. I got hit with the chair a lot. You know how many times I took a direct chair shot to the head? Zero. I always got my hand up. I'd put an elbow up. I'd put something up to protect myself. I didn't trust these people in these organizations to protect me with a chair. I mean, I know that you're supposed to trust them with your life. I didn't trust them to hit me with the chair over the head. And I got crap for it. Why'd you put your hand up, kid? You should have... You should have took it with your head. No, you're paying me 12 bucks and a hot dog. I am not taking this chair with my head. So here's the thing. I think you're in the majority now, but back then when you're talking about, 
No, you no, were a pussy. And but I remember now back, you're a genius. Well, back then I was even like, look, if you want to take a chair shot, you better be paying me a lot of money because I'm not going to be in this sport long. Right. And they wasn't paying me a lot of money on the indies. So I just decided, hey, I'm going to put my hand up. Now, you know somebody else that I saw put his hand up a lot? Triple H. Exactly. I mean, and he's probably one of the most powerful guys in the business right now. I mean, it doesn't, for me, it takes a lot less away from a match when you see somebody put their hand up because you can always go, oh, he hit the, like, think about it like this. When you see people taking DDTs, you don't see their head actually hitting the ground. When you see somebody taking turnbuckle shots, what are they doing? They're kind of like using their hand and they're hitting the side or they're slapping the mat when they hit their head on the on the apron. It's all a business of illusion. But I think with the American version of wrestling, we have went so far crazy into the CTE world that we're like, don't show a chair shot. We can't show a weapon hitting somebody in the head. But it's almost meanwhile, taboo. right. But meanwhile, punch each other in the head, DDT them, throw them into the apron, do everything you can other than showing a chair shot or a, or a weapon shot of any kind. To me, it's like, come on. It takes away from the suspension of disbelief, which circling my way back, the New Japan match with Jericho and Omega, that was refreshing to see the shots. Now, like I said, other than the turnbuckle shots, everything was protected. When Jericho came off the top rope with the chair, it was protected. He got his hand up or he slammed it on the side of his shoulder, but it actually looked like something different. Yeah, The back shots where he was ramming this chair into his back. I was yeah. like, man, that looks more vicious than the actual chair shots you see on WWE. Well, that, you that, know, that probably really hurt. Yeah, or, but you know. that that style is what I think that fans are really wanting. You know what I mean? You remember when we were kids, WWE was all about chair shots to the stomach, to the back. You don't hit them in the uh, head. Or a, or a padded chair shot. Or yeah. you had the seat that the announcers always sit in with the padded cushion. Right. Hogan would take one to the head and, oh, he put his hand up. Yeah. <laughs> Even but for I a mean, padded chair shot. But you remember how we reacted when WWE uh, went off and we started watching ECW and it was like chair shots. The first chair shot you saw to the head, you were like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, you were we like, thought all this other stuff is a work, but they really hurt each other. Right. That makes them legit. I won't lie to you, when I was a kid and wanting to get into wrestling, when I was in high school and I knew I was going to start wrestling, and then I saw like chair shots being delivered the way they were like on mainstream, yeah. I was nervous because I was like, I'm not taking one of those with my head <laughs> if, unless I'm getting paid. You know, Like I said, it was refreshing to see somebody do a chair shot that wasn't like stomach back, stomach back. Right. Turn your back to me. Let me hit you. Let me hit you in the high shoulder. You know, that, like I said, it takes me out of it. And, but. and another thing that, the one thing that I was pleased with more than anything was the, the actual gimmick that Jericho is portraying in Japan. Right. He is the classic shit heel villain. Right. He's coming out there. He's kicking the ring announcer, whoever's ass is in I think he way. hit the ref more than Kenny Omega in the match. Well, that, and then he got the ref's son, who is a young boy, right. and got, look at your son, red mm -hmm. shoes, blah, blah, blah. You know, he, he was really exploiting that, trying right. to make himself that much more of a chicken shit, you know. It's just the way that he was carrying himself, 
is like a, a classic heel almost. Right. And that to me was more refreshing than anything. To, just to know that he's not scared to do that, uh, you know, actually step outside of his little corporate box, you know, and not try to be the funny guy or whatever they're telling him to do and not afraid to go somewhere else right. and do something totally different. I would, I would say he's probably got full creative control over his character there. In like, WWE? No. Or, well, in, New Japan, in New obviously. Japan, yeah. But, but yeah. I, I would dare say that he has somewhat of a full control in WWE of what he does now. At this point in his career, he's kind of at the end, and I, he's even said that he's he's having more fun. He's only going to do things that he wants to do. Right. But one thing that I will say about the whole New Japan thing, it's the hard-hitting style, man. It's that hard-hitting style. And one thing I noticed, somebody said something about, like, the Japan crowd used to be really quiet. And they would only react to big moves and stuff like that, and they would clap. Yeah. And it used to be the American fans that would yell, scream, and cheer through the whole thing. And they said somewhere it's reversed. Like, if you watch a, a, a match now... Like back in the 70s and 80s and even the 90s, during a match, you'd hear, go, right. go, go. And in the U.S., now it's just really quiet. Until you have a big move or a finish, you hear a cheer, that's it. The American crowd has become the Japanese crowd of the 90s, in a way. And the, the Japanese crowd, from what I've noticed, has become like the old American crowd because they've cheered that whole match. They actually... Were oohing and on about things, and they were reacting to things in a way that I haven't seen in a while because I don't follow New Japan. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, I'm not trying to, uh, you know, cut that in two or whatever, but the American crowd is what makes me sick about wrestling, about modern day wrestling, because it's the this is awesome. You deserve it. Right. You know, all you that bullshit. Just, I hate that. I despise that. I wish people would just shut the fuck up. <laughs> be a fan. Don't, you know what I mean? Right. Just enjoy the show and don't try to control the show. Let the wrestlers control the show. Well. Because they're the directors of traffic. You're not. They are. Well, I'll say this. You're the directors of traffic, but the traffic is the fans. So, I mean, here's the thing. You can't say, just sit back and enjoy what I'm doing, and everybody just has to enjoy I it. I understand what you're saying, but you don't understand what I'm saying. I'm saying you don't have to, to freaking praise every... I mean, like, every time a guy gets a hard-on in the ring, they're, this is awesome. <laughs> I mean, come on, just sh shut up. Enjoy well, the show. If you see a high spot, yay! You know, like the old days. Right. Not just call everything like it's not freaking obvious anyways. Right. It's just, you know, I, the I, one, two, two. Yeah. Shut the hell up. See, I don't have a problem with that at all. Oh, God. It I makes feel me like sick. if you buy a ticket and you show up to a show, do whatever you want. That's the thing. But here's the thing. I don't like it when you can't voice your opinion on what's going on in the wrestling world. And I see on the flip side of that, I hate it. I hate it when people are like, sit down and shut up. You, you bought the ticket. Just watch the story they're presenting. This is live action. This is like football, basketball, any kind of a legitimate sport. But this would be like if they knew who's going to win the Super Bowl. You know I'm what with I mean? you. I'm I'm totally with you on that. But at the same time, everybody 
is sitting there standing up chanting this is all i mean yeah that ain't for everybody you know it's not what i mean by like you know you're not the directors of traffic the wrestlers are the directors you don't see that kind of activity when you go to a movie unless you're at a certain kind of movie to where you know what do you do in a movie you sit back you shut up you watch the movie yeah. you yay oh you know clap get scared oh and all that shit but you don't do it on every freaking part of the movie right it's like now if you go to a wrestling show i'm winded by the first half of the show just trying to keep up with everybody else's chance you know I mean, there's other people like me. I mean, you don't have to feel obligated to keep up with people's chants. I don't, but at the same time, I mean, do, do you not see what I'm saying? No. <laughs> one of at my favorite... At some point, at some point, I think it's the attitude error, right, if I had to pinpoint. But at some point, more likely then, the crowds changed. Everything changed to where... You got to point out the obvious. You got to point out, oh, he botched the spot. Let me fucking say it. You know, let me scream it and all that. It doesn't, you don't have to do that. You know, I, I'm just, maybe I'm too old school. Maybe I just, you know. I guess, but we were sitting there as kids going, ha, he messed that up. But was everybody doing that? No, was because everybody, not everybody was watching was, wrestling was when we were. <laughs> I know, but when we were in the crowd. It's like we were the only idiots yelling, you know. Whenever it's in unison, whenever it feels like that's what you're supposed to do, if you're in the crowd, you know. You, like, tri you hear Triple H do an interview. You hear even, I think, Vince has said stuff about it. It's like they get pissed off when the crowd, parentheses, tries to hijack the show. You but know? here's the thing. You're putting on the show for the fans. Like, there's been a many a times where somebody's grabbed me in the headlock in a headlock and said, "All right, what are they wanting? Let's listen to what the crowd wants." You know what I mean? You're not going to have a match for somebody that wants to see if they want to see drop down, toe hold, get it again, or they hip call toss, the spot for you, whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> if you want to, if you want, if they want to see that, give it to them. If they want to see punch kick, if they want to see a bunch of punches and kicks, and you know, give them that. But at the end of the day, they're the paying customers. Let them do whatever they want. You know, if they want to chair this chant, this is awesome. They can chant, this is awesome. Just because they're not buying what you're selling, all right. Maybe you should try to up your game. Try to sell something different. That's that's my opinion. I mean, coming from a world of wrestling, the fans are it. I understand that, but I don't think you're grasping what I'm trying to say. You go to any arena now in the u.s they're all the same fans it's not okay philadelphia is rowdy they want the brawl shit right. you go to memphis they want the stupid shit you go to florida they want the technical shit you go to texas they want the the rough house get out of the ring try to tear a motherfucker's ear off shit it's the same <laughs> everywhere now right. it's the same type of fan well kind of because i've listened to the crowds in like New York and Philadelphia that are different from like Memphis and Nashville when they have them on Raw. It's just when they promote the shows, it's like big shows or pay per views or the like. I'll be honest, I love the Monday after WrestleMania. I love that show. It's always like a bunch of passionate wrestling fans that want to see something different, that want to see something unique. They don't want to see the status quo where. 
Roman Reigns comes out again and spears or, somebody. Uh, Jinder Mahal is the champion. Right. They want to see something different. So it doesn't bother me when fans chant. I love it. I think it's part of being rest. If you don't want them to chant boring, do something else. Make it not boring. Or don't care about it. But either way, if they buy a ticket and they come to the show and they start chanting boring, that's their perspective. I mean, they can do whatever they want. If The reason why they didn't do that type of stuff during like Arn Anderson matches and Ric Flair matches is because they couldn't. Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Hulk Hogan even, for the most part, Sting, Shawn Michaels, they could make a match to where they didn't have a chance to say it was this was boring or that was awesome. They were going to make them follow the story they wanted to because they were talented. It wasn't for the, for the fact that they were doing all they could and the crowd was just against them from day one. Even if people people hated Ric Flair back in the 70s, like, like try to stab him, like hate him, but they would still watch him and not chant boring. They wouldn't chant, you know, this is awesome. They would chant and watch because it was Flair. Maybe somewhere along the line, we've lost respect for the wrestlers because they've made us lose respect for them. Maybe they can't keep up with that high pace that they've set. Either that or they let everybody in on the joke. Well, the sound of that music means we have reached the end of another episode of P3 Radio. And if you want to find us on Facebook, how can they do that, Richard? Just type in Pop Concho on Facebook or on Twitter at P3 Radio 1. Or you can go to our number, 731-300-6675. Yes, 731-300-MORTON. Yeah, physically go to our number. Don't dial that in. Don't text it. Don't do anything. Physically go there. Go to it. Yes. And we will see you next week here on P3 Radio. For Josh Brawley, I'm Richard Mulligan saying good night.